Hi, I'm Ali. And I'm Penny, and you're listening to Not Too Busy to Write. The podcast about writing, publishing, and creativity amongst life's many other demands. This week, Ali and I, for our last episode of 2021, thought we'd do a little bit of a year roundup and have a chat about... Um, what we think we've achieved this year mm-hmm. and perhaps if it's different to what we had hoped we might achieve this year um because sometimes we do we set ourselves these expectations and we don't always meet all of them um and that cannot that's sometimes not easy to deal with so we thought we'd have a chat about that today ali did you have a clear plan of where you wanted to be in january this year december this year no um i don't plan very far ahead I'm really bad at planning um I think because I do think actually growing up um in the shadow of the end of the world means that I'm still quite bad at kind of believing that there's going to be a future and particularly last year when the world did end it was quite hard Mm -hmm. to kind of continue thinking um I mean I didn't have a plan but I had obviously I had a deadline for the manuscript for the last days it had to be delivered um, in October so I had that I knew that that was something that had to be done um, I had uh, some other projects and let's just stop for a moment and just say you achieved that oh yeah yeah I achieved that <laughs> and take a moment to celebrate achieving yeah. that and um, that, that was, huge massive deadline is achieved that was rewriting the book um, which is 80,000 words um, and I rewrote that a few times <laughs> not counted exactly how many times but I I rewrote consistently um and at one stage it was up at about 120,000 words so there was obviously it's not just a case of sitting down and writing 80,000 words there were edits and there was back and forth and lots of things to do but I had planned it's quite funny I'm saying no I didn't have a plan but I had planned to in the downtime when the book was a way off with my editor um, to do other projects as well and I did do them so in terms of the work that I, I basically I didn't know exactly when I was going to do everything but I knew what work I wanted finished by now mm. and I have as of lunchtime today finished that work so Yes, I suppose I did have a sort of like sketchy plan, <laughs> but not like a hard and fast plan. So yeah, how about you? Um, so, oh gosh, um, it changed throughout the year. So how I imagined things at the beginning of the year changed a number of times. So in January and February this year, I was writing a proposal for another nonfiction book. Uh, January, February and March, I think. And then I submitted that and I had a couple of people really supporting it and then sales not supporting it. <laughs> um, and you know what was interesting about that whole process actually was that I, in the end, agreed with them. And so rather than taking the proposal back and editing it and trying again, I actually decided that it wasn't the right time for the book that I was proposing. Um, so that was interesting Um, I think if you'd asked me in January, I would have hoped that I would have been commissioned on that book and I would be deep in writing it Mm -hmm. at the moment or potentially coming towards the end of it even. Um, But it didn't happen that way. And funnily enough, I'm really okay with it. I'm actually very okay with it. 
strangely. It's been the right decision to put that to the side. I probably, I still love the idea actually, and I might come back to it um, in the future, but it wasn't the right idea for right now. And in some ways I wrote that proposal in a reaction to everything that happened Mm. last year. And so perhaps it was just a bit too reactive and a bit too soon after tender to kind of delve into that. And it was a slightly different topic, but it was, um, but it was a very big topic. Uh, so yeah, so it, things have changed quite a bit. And then the other thing that happened was that I decided on a whim to apply for the masters. <laughs> I don't know when I did that in February or March. I can't remember when that was, but I decided and did it very quickly. Uh, and then, so that changed the trajectory of this year quite a bit because I got in. Um, and then, so I decided to go back to the fiction that I was working on before I was writing on that last proposal. Um, and I'm doing okay with that. Actually, I scrapped it all and started again. Uh, and now I'm about 20,000 words into the new version and I've done a full outline, which I'm actually happy with. It's working. The outline is working. Like I know the story now and I know the characters and so it's all kind of coming together and I've given myself, oh, I'm going to say it on here because this will hold me really accountable if I say it on here. <laughs> I've given myself till the end of March to do a first draft and that's probably a bit ambitious considering I'm also doing a master's where I have to do other work um, and a huge amount of reading and I obviously have paid work I have to do. And we're doing the podcast, so it's probably a little bit mental, and so I might not make that deadline. But um, we can come back to that, actually, when we're talking about next year. But, um, yeah, so I'm in a very, very different place than I imagined I would be in January, um, but not in a bad way, actually in a really nice way. I'm really ha- I'm really excited about what I'm working on. Oh, I'm also working on something else completely different, which I can't talk about, um, which may not go anywhere, uh, but it's exciting. So... Yeah, I'm in a really, really different place than I was in general. But I think that's quite good to sometimes acknowledge that almost you have to take, well, not the wrong turns, because they're not wrong turns if they lead to something else. But I think that there's so many times that we can start out with a fixed idea about a piece of work that we're going to do, and we can think what it's going to end up being and looking like. And it doesn't become that. And do we frame that as failure or do we frame that as something that actually led to the next thing I know that this um, proposal that I'm working on just now has been many iterations it was many different things um, but without being those without kind of that thinking time without those earlier drafts I wouldn't have got to this finished one and in a in a yes. way I suppose that's what happens with a book as well is you start with the first draft and your 36th draft might not look anything like the first draft but you needed to go through mm. those drafts to get the final thing from it and you needed to do exactly the same to get to where you are now yeah it's interesting I don't yeah because that failure wasn't yeah it doesn't it doesn't fit like that proposal that was not sold does not feel like a failure at all actually um it felt like at the time a bit disappointing because I put a huge amount of work into it but I absolutely understood from the feedback that I knew I agreed with them I just mm-hmm. knew I agreed with them that it just there was a few things about it which I won't go into that just wasn't going to be quite right for right now um and I think as soon as I acknowledged that that was the correct path to go forward, um, 
that it was fine to let it go. And I haven't let it go completely as in, like I said, the ideas are still very interesting to me um, and I may come back to them. But it's work anyway that sort of informs my fiction in a slightly funny roundabout kind of way as well, I suppose. But, um, yeah, it certainly has turned out to be quite a different year than I expected. Um, And actually one of the differences has been this podcast because we only decided to do it I think on the Christmas holidays last year. I think it was. It was about, yeah, it was in the holidays. And then it was what, February, Valentine's Day, I think, when we started it, like when we launched it. (laughs) And so, yeah, there's been. I just, it's turned out to be just such a joy, the whole thing. You know, the converse, the time, the allowing time for conversations about writing, either with you or with other people, um, has just been such a joy in the year even though it has been a huge amount of work because anyone I'm sure listening who has ever done a podcast knows how much work goes into it. <laughs> and I, but I think when you're talking about writing um, or you're talking about work that other people have done and you're reading their work, when you're preparing for interviews, it, it makes you, you're constantly thinking about it, which I mean, you're constantly thinking about it anyway. Um, but yeah, it's just that kind of, just always thinking about it and thinking about too, like, like we're saying, what? How do you frame things, and how your kind of thinking process, how the thinking process works, as well, um, and how like different different bits of work lead on to the next piece of work, and and just thinking and talking about that really helps um, mm. with with your own work too. But I think I always find this notion of um, thinking that far ahead quite amusing. Um, as well, because because you know, I think if the last couple of years have taught us anything, it's that we don't know what's coming next. Mm-hmm. And I think it's good to have these kind of loose ideas because you do need goals. Otherwise, you're just going to kind of end up nowhere. And like you said as well, with your self-imposed deadlines, that really helps. I knew that by the middle of the year, there was a couple of things that I wanted to have drafted. Um, because publishing also works so slowly that you've got to kind of exactly um, you've got to really be planning two years in advance what you want to be working on Mm. um, which takes a wee bit of time to get your head around as well that you know I find that funny when the book sold loads of people were like oh so it'll be out next year and it's like no it really won't be um or <laughs> or it'll be out next month that's great that's so nice congratulations I can't wait to buy it for Christmas it's like no you'll be buying it for Christmas yeah, yeah. in a couple of years you can buy it for Christmas in a couple of years <laughs> exactly <laughs> well this is the thing isn't it I think um that's I I love having some goals but I think it's really important to not hold too tightly mm-hmm. to them so if I had been so attached to the idea of this proposal that I wrote earlier in the year, um, it would have really, really thrown me for six, it not being picked up. Um, And I think because I was able to let it go, not without disappointment, but really not a huge amount of heartache, I have to say, um, because it felt like the right decision. Um, Then you're able to kind of move on to the next thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think sometimes when we hold tightly onto things, it prevents us from doing other work that comes along as well. I think that, I'm sure I tweeted about this, but like I do think that writing is like the process of non-attachment. Um, <laughs> that you basically 
it's a really weird one because you have to be completely the first champion of your work because if you can't champion it then you're never going to get anybody interested in it but at the same time you have to realize that there's so many parts of that work that you're going to have to ditch and get rid of and get your head around this that yeah. it's you know that I, I think before you embark on writing a book or a manuscript lots of people think that they are the writer and they're responsible for it without thinking like you just said about your proposal that there are from the get-go so many other factors influencing it and so many other people who are stakeholders in that as well that it's never you know there's this very short amount of time that it's actually yours and then once it starts going Mm. through the commissioning process you know it and legally you sell the right to it legally it isn't actually yours you're the author of it but you don't get a complete say in in what that book looks like and sounds like and is so I think yeah it is that kind of process of lessening your attachment to it which is really important um from the beginning but yeah but it is like that weird balance as well of um of being sufficiently attached to know you know to know which projects or which things you really do need to champion and that you really that you are going to not let go um or which elements Mm. of a project you're not going to let go and there's other ones that you can can be happier to realize on reflection like you said that oh yeah actually that wouldn't work or it wasn't the right time or that element wasn't right um yeah it's really interesting yeah, it is. I think it's so true that there's a lot of letting go. It's a little bit like being a parent, I think, in a lot of ways, being a writer. And I, I suppose it's the same with, I guess, any kind of art that we, you produce, because it's about um, understanding that you create help to create something, but then you have to put it out in the world mm-hmm. um, and it doesn't belong to you anymore in the same way that putting your children out in the world and they don't belong to you. Like our kids don't belong to us. Exactly. They, we might, you know you know help to raise them um and help to create them (laughs) but they aren't ours as such they are their own thing um so I think there's lots of parallels there but I think the ability to be able to let go of things um that aren't going to happen can really help you move on Mm -hmm. to what you are going to be working on next absolutely so yeah so interestingly I have no regrets about what's happened this year I yeah, it's been an odd year, <laughs> but then I am definitely not alone. I mean, this is like the last two years because we've all been through such a massive thing. I don't even know what you'd call what we've been through now. Um, so many people have completely changed up the way they live their lives and um, and what they do for their work and what they're focusing on. Um, and even just things like when I did my interview for the MA, they said they had double the amount of applicants than they've ever had in any other year. And I was like, really? And they just said, yeah, we have a feeling a lot of people have done a lot of deep soul searching over lockdown. <laughs> um, and maybe that's part of what happened to me as well. I was sort of slightly thrown out of my old career in a lot of ways because of um, lockdowns and lockdowns with a disabled child. Um, and so it did make me slightly forced me to refocus and um, focus very quickly um, and in very a precise in a precise way about what I was going to do next um, and that's part of the reason why I ended up doing the MA because it's something that's been on the back of my mind for ever um, and so like a lot of people I just 
decided to go for it. (laughs) Crazy as that is. No, I don't think it's crazy at all. I think it's just that kind of flexibility and that resilience. And that's part of, like, I think way back at the beginning, we were talking about creative thinking and, and being creative. And part of being creative is finding solutions. In fact, that is creativity, isn't it? You're finding a solution to a problem constantly. So when something doesn't work out, which is inevitable in absolutely fucking everything you're working on, it's never going to just be, you know, perfect. You're never going to write the perfect first draft. You're never going to take something to your agent and then immediately go, oh my God, yes, this is all right. You know, (laughs) it's just, that's not life. That's films. And so I think these difficult things make you work much harder. They make you find solutions. Um, Yes, yes. What I certainly didn't expect this year was I had um, a brilliant, have, I have a brilliant editor. My editor is just amazing and I cannot sing her praises highly enough and I've absolutely loved working with her. It's been such an interesting process it's just been amazing um and we were so excited with the book we were like little kids really excited when we got it right when we finally were like yes this is it and I submitted it um before deadline and everything was great um and then then it went for its legal read and that was really the hardest part of the whole thing actually um creatively because that was when Mm. suddenly I was not allowed legally to write a lot of what I'd written um and if we're thinking about what we anticipated from this year I had um no warning no knowledge of that um on the MA there wasn't any kind of conversation about how difficult legal reads could get and could be and that I think was the thing that forced my creativity the most this year because I was ultimately the one who had to work out how to still make a huge chunk of the book engrossing and viable and workable. Um, And that was really, really hard. And it did exactly the same thing that we're talking about. I had to think flexibly and Mm. find a way around it because it didn't have the option of going, well, all right, we won't publish this you know that was never going to be part of yeah it's what just happened. not an option yeah. yeah um and so I think it's really interesting how the whole um publishing process has its own points at which you are being really creative and you don't necessarily think that the nearing the end of that process that you're going to be called on to be creative I think we can see the kind of the book's inception and the early stages of a manuscript as being the really creative and really difficult stages and then kind of it flows for a bit and then going back to edit um, might be difficult, but you don't kind of think that there's going to be this end hurdle. Um, Yeah. And I think it's really interesting just to think that there's always these learning opportunities. And if you frame them in your head as an opportunity to learn and be more creative, then they're not going to cause you... um, as much trauma as they otherwise might sorry I you might be able to hear someone like really really earnestly munching their crisps right now you also might not be able to we might be able to edit it out my little boy is 
off sick, but is making quite a strong recovery as they tend to do around lunchtime <laughs> and is really giving his knickknacks a good old crunch. So yeah, sorry about that bit. Um, yes, I, I think it's really interesting basically how you can be forced and pushed at every stage to be creative, even being creative when you have children who are off sick and you still need to record a podcast. <laughs> well, we have all dealt with a huge amount of that this year. That's for sure. So I think um, it's probably a good idea then to talk about, like, how do you come to terms with getting to the end of the year and what the amount, either the amount you've written or where your writing has gone has not been exactly where you hoped it would be. And I think um, it's sort of probably good for all of us to continually come back to the context in which we've all been in this past 18 months. But even if we just look at this year and I mean, those of us in the UK, we were in lockdown from what, like Christmas to May or something. I can't even remember now. I don't even remember, but it was like, you know, the first half of the year, essentially. I know we've got listeners in Australia and they were in lockdown for like four or five months in the middle of the year. Um, So I think we need to kind of keep, remembering the context Uh which which we've all been trying to function some of which has produced a huge amount of creative and flexible thinking and some of which has just put a huge amount of restrictions on us Uh I think one of the ways um well there's a line which is actually hopefully going to be at the very beginning of the last days um from Charles Bukowski's post office it's the final line Um, And at the beginning of it, he says, in the morning, it was morning and I was still alive, Um, which is my most favorite line, I think, that's ever been written, because that's kind of really what matters the most at the end of the year, (laughs) is that you're still there. Um, And that can kind of help put things in perspective, that it's great to achieve things. But ultimately, what we're also talking about, we are talking about quite rarefied things. Um, Mm. And they're not always achievable. And one of the things that you also have to learn to deal with, and one of the things that we don't necessarily talk about hugely, which you obviously were just talking about, is that despite the successes of a year, um, there's always rejections. And there's always Mm. a lot of behind-the-scenes rejections and that's part of the life of being a writer um and not just Mm, being an early mm -hmm. stage writer that's literally being a writer there's always going to be things that you don't win there's always deals you don't get there's always work that gets shelved um but I think being aware of that and learning which is very difficult is a difficult learning process to kind of think well that's part of the job so to get accepted I need to get rejected that's how it's going to work um and the rejections will always outweigh the acceptances as well because if you think about the way a book works it gets sent out to a large number of publishers and at the end of the day it's still only one that's going to get that there might be a lot of them offer but it's one that gets it and one contract that you have um I think that that helps at the end of the year to kind of try and put things in perspective to try and think what stage you're at in your career at the end of this year I am exactly where I wanted to be but in all honesty that's the second year where I've been where I want to be 
and there have been 10 years before that of writing and writing and writing and never being where I wanted to be but if I hadn't done those years I wouldn't have these two years where I can go actually yeah this is I've achieved what I wanted to achieve this year and it's not uh, isn't boasting it's just an acknowledgement of yeah I've had a good year I've had a good couple of years work-wise um but there's also been really really bad ones and how did I deal with it well at times not very well but probably the good way I dealt with it was I didn't stop I didn't think yes I'm not where I want to be so Mm. I'll go and do something else or I'm not where I want to be so I'll crawl into a cave I'm not saying I didn't want to I really did want to (laughs) but um but I kept going and in each of those years there were still some things that would be being published in a small publication or there would be working towards something bigger or performances or spoken word nights you know there would be things that I still did or interviewing people um so I think it's about accepting that every achievement is just as valid as the bigger achievements and I think that they're Mm -hmm. all they might not all be steps to something bigger because realistically not everyone can get published you know it's a really odd industry it's a difficult industry to predict so I think it should just be like celebrating every achievement celebrating every publication if it isn't being published celebrating the fact that when life is really difficult just being able to sit down and write something should at Mm. times be the thing you celebrate as well. I mean, that's huge. I think for anyone who's managed to write anything this year, while also perhaps, you know, supporting a family, I mean, just an immense achievement. So I think even having words on a page, and even if it's not as many as you hoped it would be, perhaps you were hoping to be done with a big project, and you're only still partway through, then the fact that you're still on the path, um, and you're still going is something to celebrate as well. Um, and on that note, let's talk about next year. Do you have some particular goals for next year that you um, you don't have to give specifics? That's fine. <laughs> Obviously, you have your publication next year. Yeah, I but, think um, that that is. Which is in the diary and locked in. But aside from that, do you have some other just a general writing goals for next year? Um, well, I do. Yes. <laughs> I do um, because if I want to get the next publication then I need to keep working um, so yeah I do I have um, quite a few um, writing goals for next year um, but I also ironically would like to write a little bit less next year I um, totaled up the other day <laughs> just for fun to see how much I'd written and I wrote over half a million words this year which is quite a lot to type because you are a rewriter as well aren't you obsessively rather than an editor I yes well no I yes (laughs) I I edit too but I I see rewriting as editing so yeah yes but um yes I I obsessively rewrite I rewrite like obsessively rewrite everything so the proposal I've just finished is I don't know 10th draft maybe um yes I do and so I've re so I've written a lot this year but what I tried to see it as was like foundations 
So mm. I thought if I get the foundations really strong, um, then hopefully I'll be, I can do slightly less next year. So I have um, a manuscript that I would very much like to edit into a good shape next year. So there'll be less of the kind of inception and creative work next year feels like building on a lot of what I've done over the last two Mm -hmm. years Um, and then smack bang in the middle of the year I have publications so obviously I'll be writing a lot of things around that and I'll be hopefully be very busy um, promoting uh, the book Um, so yes and I think that really I want my focus to be obviously on that that's going to be my big focus for next year I don't want to be too busy kind of thinking about too many other things because I tend to um overwork and I tend to give myself too much to do and beat myself up if I don't do it so I'm trying to be a bit more pragmatic and I soon know a little bit more about like the promotional schedule as much as we can know much about anything in the current um variant producing climate but yeah I um I don't have plans to write quite as much kind of from the beginning things as I've done this year but I certainly plan to I think I want it to be kind of a year of consolidating and promoting and doing things I have a couple of research trips um planned as well for early in the year so that should be good I've discovered that I have a a vast a deep and abiding love of archives and libraries and the past (laughs) and dusty books so yeah but yes how about you're going to indulge excellent yes me well I've already told you one of mine which is to get a first Mm -hmm. draft done in the first quarter of the year which is a little bit insane and I might possibly not make that deadline and maybe it will be the summer but I'm going to set myself the deadline as the at the end of March as a starting point and hope that I can make it um I have to complete my master's <laughs> next year yes uh so that's obviously quite a lot of work uh but it's work that I'm just so thoroughly enjoying so um so that's fun um and I'm working on another project which I can't really talk about um and I don't really know what the timeline for it is. So I am, that's going to be tinkering. That's going to be happening in the background. Um, and then working with other authors and writers, which is just been so much fun to start that work this year. I've enjoyed it so, so much. Um, and every time I get to work with someone new, I get so excited about the work that they're putting out into the world. So that will be the other part of my focus for the year ahead. So basically about, 50% of my time writing and about 50% of my time working with other writers essentially that's the plan for the year ahead uh, yeah so that's that's what it looks like it's fun yeah it's um it's always a juggle isn't it to try and get everything achieved I'm just trying to stop my cat climbing the chimney right now that's another achievement <laughs> um she's the kitten likes to go up the chimney but and she's getting slightly well she shouldn't go up it anyway but she's getting too big now and so I've just taped oh, yeah. it up earlier but I think it's a really unsuccessful taping that I've done she's like going like this so I'm trying to stop her so if I sound distracted it's the kitten honestly what a day see this basically should be entitled like how to 
how to talk whilst you're throwing cushions at the cat in a non-violent way. Um, yeah, busy year then. I think that that um, is inevitable. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know if it'll be much busier than usual um, because it will be quite reasonably spaced out busy ish yeah oh i'm running a writer's retreat in late january i'm so excited about that i'm really looking forward to that um if that goes well there will be more of those as well but not too many because i i don't like to work away too often but um but that's another exciting thing happening next year but um once i get a draft of what i'm working on um i kind of imagining I'll spend the summer redrafting that because that's also part of my master's so um I'm imagining that that's how the year is going to look vaguely but as we know everything everything could change um but yeah I mean I I'm one I'm definitely one for working to deadlines I feel that works really well for me both self-imposed and externally exposed and imposed and so um having I've got a couple of deadlines set by outside people at the moment and that's really really helping me to stay on track um yeah but other than that I'm going to keep quite loose about literally everything else I have absolutely no idea if I'll go anywhere in the next year um desperate desperate to go home for a visit to Australia but it's still very precarious (laughs) and I don't think I'm going to be oh well I'm not sure if I'll manage it but we'll see um but that would be so nice um and I will probably also have to go on a research trip as well um but yeah I'm I'm really excited about next year (laughs) so Ali um I know you haven't been able to do much reading lately but did you manage to do any reading for fun this week or um I've done a little bit I'm reading um an advanced copy of a book uh that I'm not going to talk about but I will in the future great book um so that's that's been perfect actually it feeds in a lot to what I'm working on so and I love it when that happens with a book that you're kind of reading like with one eye to enjoying it and one eye to learning from it and I've also been reading because it's that time of year um MR James's ghost stories so Mm. they've been perfect I love ghost stories at this time of year so um and they're short as well so that's quite um good but yeah I've been I, I'm really looking forward to I'm trying to wrap up as everyone is wrap up work um for the end of the year so that I can actually enjoy reading over Christmas and catching up on some what, of the huge piles. What are your what are your reading plans over Christmas do you have a particular vision in mind for what you'd love to get read over that time when you're taking some a little bit of time off um no not really just get through um some of the pile I don't know I'm in a bit of a reading slump I think that's just from doing too much of it so I don't know I um I'm not sure what I want to read I want to be quite I think I'd like quite like a long book um just to kind of be completely you know when you get a longer book and you can just be completely engrossed and wrapped up in it um but then I find I always have like these grand visions of Christmas and that I'll sit down with like 
a cup of tea and Christmas cake in the afternoon and I'll spend all afternoon reading and it will be wonderful and I completely forget that that won't happen because I'll have to go and build like (laughs) a horde to children type things or cook the next meal or whatever is next um so yeah in in all honesty I'll probably be like just snatching bits here and there but yeah so basically that was a really rambling way of saying no I do not know what I want to read over Christmas. What about you? Well, I have been, I think I mentioned to this before we start recording, I've been reading so much heavy stuff lately and so much stuff which is quite violent and misogynistic and just difficult, but amazing, but very difficult lately. So I had to have a bit of a change of mood <laughs> this week. I was quite desperate for a change of mood. So I listened to on audio um, Sarah Winman's new book, Still Life, and it is magic. It is absolute magic. Um, so if anyone's looking for something quite uplifting, then I would highly recommend it. It's so beautiful and it's really sprawling and it's a little bit like a family drama over decades, except it's not a family. It's a group of friends, but they are like a family. Mm -hmm. It's like a found family and it's set between London and Florence. um, And it's set, goes from like 1944 at the end of the war, I think until like 1974. And it is just, delightful the whole thing is just utterly delightful and the most incredible characters and so much food in the book which I always love and so much of Florence which was one of my absolute favorite places in the world um lots of references to like E.M. Forster and stuff because it's sort of partly what brings these characters together in the first place and yeah it's just super fun super fun and very uplifting and just so much about the love that can occur between friends um and yeah it was a delight and I needed it so badly (laughs) sometimes you do just need that like I need some kind of like reset I don't know I've just been in a bit of a stage of reading yes actually I do have a plan so I'd never read M.R. James before and then I started reading this uh great book called Ghostland by Edward Parnell but I didn't understand quite a lot of it because there's a lot of references to M.R. James in it so this was like I kind of I thought well I'll have to read this like as a precursor so I'm reading M.R. James and I think I'll go back to that at Christmas um so yeah that might be what I do actually but who knows Who knows what Christmas will hold? Because obviously Christmas will hold like new book acquisitions and then you get more books and then the pile of books grows. Yes. And so it, it goes. Does grow. I um I don't know what I'm gonna read this Christmas. I've got a whole lot sitting here staring at me, which I will be getting through. Um, but I definitely, definitely want to read some very light, fun, joyful things that's definitely going to be on the list because um it's been a heavy time very very excellent beautiful work that I've been reading that I've enjoyed thoroughly but there's just sometimes you just need a break from the heavy stuff yeah you do I will definitely be searching out some joy for sure you do need a break sometimes um so the other thing that's happening next year as well is that I'm, um, I, aside from working with one-to-one clients, I'm going to be starting a group program as well. So if anyone is interested um, in coming together for writing coaching, but with a group of 
other life writers. It's going to be for memoirists and nonfiction writers. Um, I'm going to be opening that group up in January, um, but you can pop onto my website and join the mailing list for updates. Um, but yeah, that's going to be something new for me in the new year. And so I'm just tidying all up those details at the moment. So I'm quite excited about that. That as well. is exciting. Something else. Lots of Something extra, else. not extra, but <laughs> lots of things all happening at once. Now that's brilliant. And so we will be back next year. Um, with, I have to say, a very exciting array of authors, both debut and established in all kinds of genres. Um, that's, I'm, I've got, yeah, there's an exciting list for both of us to get through. Um, so I hope that we'll see you all in the new year and that I hope that everyone has a wonderful Christmas and manages, if you would like it, a little time to write. And if not, at least a little time to rest. You've been listening to Not Too Busy to Write with Ali Miller and Penny Windsor. You can buy all the books recommended on the podcast at uk.bookshop.org forward slash shop forward slash not too busy to write, where a portion of each sale goes to support independent bookshops around the country. If you've enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe or follow. And please leave a review. It really helps others to find the podcast.